Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's go behind the mask. Welcome back to another edition of Behind the Mask. We have a special guest today, two time. Two, we got a special guest today. Um, I want everybody to give it up for my main man, Roddy White. <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And, and, listen, man, one of the all-time greats that ever played this game, NFL legend, Roddy White, four-time pro bowler. Four-time. All-pro. All-pro. Player of the month. Of the month. Player of the week. Of the week. He's a badass. Roddy, thanks for coming, man. Man, appreciate y'all. Welcome to the Behind the Mask podcast. I see here on the Behind the Mask podcast, there's only one rule. There are no rules. <laughs> so at go, all. At all. So we're going to go in, man. Um, decorated career. One of the most decorated receivers in Falcons history in the NFL. Um, we're just going to get straight to it, man. Talk about some of the, 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 the highs and lows of your career and some of the things you've been doing since you've been I mean, in the league, from, man. I from, mean, from starting, it was, it was a rough start, you know, coming in. You know, I was start off. With the Mike Vick era, so yeah. it was uh, it was crazy. It was pandemonium. Atlanta was like on fire, you know what I'm saying? And every week it was it was something or another. You know why was it on fire though? Tell us though. Catch us up. Give us a little I mean, back back history on this. I mean, it was y'all like, was winning. Yeah, we was winning. I mean, Mike was like like the king of football. Like I ain't never knew like how big a star he was. Until I started hanging around with him, like like everywhere we go, we would he couldn't go to restaurants, he couldn't go to the mall, he couldn't like he couldn't leave his neighborhood without like people like wow. him. it was crazy, and um you just don't know until you see it until you actually being a part of it, and then that was back in the day when BMF was here. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. and um uh, Tip was on fire. I mean, Jeezy and them were just getting started. Yo, the city was the city was on fire. And the then South was on fire. Close at like six o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah, one twelve was on Peachtree. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, you know, it was it was just crazy back then, man. It was the highlight of the city, and uh, I came into it as a good time. You know what I'm saying? In oh four oh five, and um, just got out to a rough start because I just was 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 caught up in everything that was going on around me. Not really like dialed into football and stuff like that, but Atlanta could do that to you. <laughs> it could definitely do that to you. But how how did you find a way to have that balance? You know what I'm saying? Being a young father in the NFL, knowing you have to train. I mean, we we all worked with the same trainer, Tony Vellani, back at XPE. But shout know, out went, to Tony Vellani. And um, you know, me and Spice, we were with the older the older guys that would knock out our workouts a little bit earlier. So, yeah, yeah. About yeah, I was in there too early. Partying, yo. Yeah, partying, coming from the one twelve, coming from the clubs. But yeah, you still yo. was in there. Smelling like Crown you Apple. You know what I'm saying? But you no, still y'all was in, in there too early. No, they didn't have Crown see, Apple back then. See, <laughs> see, that's the y'all was doing the vet moves see, back in the day, right? The vets they go in there, and knock that thing out early, yeah. got all day. Yeah. I'm like, nah, I'm going there by eleven thirty. <laughs> Hit that workout and then you know sleep half of the day and get ready for the night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like feel that, you. That was that that was what I did. You know, and um, you know, at that time, you know, being young and just my son was just growing up, actually, you know, getting to recognize and just starting to walk around and stuff like that. I just always wanted him to be a part of the game. So um, you know, he kind of grew up and watched, 
me throughout my whole career, you know, such as a youngin', you know, kind of got spoiled with it because we were such a, on a tear, you know, five, six years of just making the playoffs straight, yeah. mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh, he just got to be a part of everything, like going into the locker room, you know, after the games, coming in before the games. How much did he enjoy that, going inside of the locker room? (laughs) When he first started doing it when he was a kid, he loved it to death. And then the older he got, it was like, you know what I'm saying, the guys that would be coming up to him, and it was like, he ain't care no more because he's seen them all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Man, like It's crazy because a couple times he brings some of his friends, they be going ecstatic. Like some of his cousins be like, "Hey man, that's that's Julio. Hey, that's Matt." And he be like, "Yeah, yeah, I know them. Like I've been seeing them for the last five years." <laughs> so you know, he tried to, you know, he kind of downplayed, and you know, but it was good for him, man. You know, he's thirteen now. I mean, he's in the eighth grade, and you know, very smart, very smart, intellectual football player. Get off really good, understand the game. So him being around it so much, he's like drawn into it, and. He's doing real well for himself. What age did you start? When when did you know, you know what, this is my life. This is what is going to be in my projected future. For me, I was like 12 years old. Spice was playing since he came out the womb. You know what I'm saying? Since Mama Spice. <laughs> That's because he had muscles. You know what I'm saying? When he burst out, he had that, he had that bit. I didn't that, always you know look like this, though. I really <laughs> did. man. You're not going to trick me. You I had the flame. <laughs> I had the frame. I'm going to tell you what really changed my life. I know we're going to get back to that question in a second. I used to put a 45-pound plate on my head in high school because what? they told me, they said, listen, man, you know how you don't get a concussion? I was like, tell me. Give me give me the secret. They said, if you get a 45-pound plate, put it on your head and lean on the back <laughs> of the, you know, the bench press, and you just do this and make the plate come back and touch your sternum. I used to do that religiously for three days a week. No lie, man. I didn't even realize when I got what? to college and Terry Bowden, I'm going to sign with Auburn. He was like, hey, Tequila, I, 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 that's how he used to talk. You're going to need to go get a collar now. We're going to get a tie and collar. So I went to the store. I was like, all right, I got it. Came back to the room, bro. Size 18. And I'm on college? No, it was an 18 shirt and I still couldn't wear it. Oh, my God. I had to go buy the, uh, the little. The, the, the extenders. The oh my and God. I still, I felt like I was committing suicide. Yeah, man. This might be the only man in the history of the NFL whose neck has its own Twitter page. Check that out. Good ass. Hey. Kill Spike's neck. It's a Twitter page. Hey, it's just admiration. That's all. Don't get, Bro, don't that's get hard mad. Work, though. No doubt. But, hard when, hard but when did you uh, realize, you know, this is what I wanted to be in life? This is where the route that I was going to go? Um, Man, I just I just watched like like football since I was young. Started playing when I was six. Wanted to do it. I mean, I love the game so much. Wanted to do it for the rest of my life. But it was more of like just watching my family in our situation. You know what I'm saying? That pushed me and drive me really in that direction to be as good as I possibly can be and just extend myself to whatever limits it was to make it to the league because. Our circumstances weren't good, you know. Um, I mean, we I'm from poverty. You know, my mom, you know, graduated high school. Nobody had ever went to college. So we didn't have no 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 scholars in our family and stuff like that. So I just seen football as a way out for me, you know what I'm saying, especially with my love for the game and how competitive I was as a young person. I just wanted to go out there 
and make a difference for me and my family and try to try to find a way to escape. So, I mean, I just I put a lot of weight on my shoulders and just kept pressing, pressing myself and saying whatever I needed to do, I was going to do to give myself a chance to just make it to that level. But, um, I mean, when you grow up like that, man, it's like you can't simulate desperation. I always tell people mm. that, you know what I'm saying? Especially with my kids, it's like they growing up totally different from how I was. And me trying to motivate them is a whole lot different than how I was motivated. You know, waking up, watching my mama work two jobs, still not being able to pay bills, you know, having to go over my grandma's house so she could watch me because we couldn't, you know, do daycare services and stuff like that and staying in a, you know, one-bedroom house with five people. You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that will make you do things that you your body thought it couldn't even do, you right. know, to try to get to the next level. So that was always my goal, just to keep trying to push myself, push myself so I could make it to the next level because – I felt like that was the only way we were going to make it. You know, that was the only chance that we had. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about next level, the next level coming out of high school, Charleston, South Carolina, is UAB. Yeah. So, you know, take me through that. Well, the process for me was hard because it was difficult because coming out of high school, I mean, I was in the top 100 wide receivers coming out of the nation. You know what I'm saying? All that stuff. And um, that was really before they actually had all this internet. You had, yeah. yeah. How you had you had? I, I, listen, man. I don't they had no stars. You old, as, you old as hell now. That goes listen, to show you. you. This is how bad it was. You know, how, like now you could just get in there. You did research people's stars, yeah. all that stuff, bro. You had to go to a magazine. Yeah, <laughs> they had like yeah. upcoming players, yeah. like in the region, like southeastern region, like North. Like that's how it was back then. So you be looking at it, like, yo, I'm in the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I don't even know how many people see that magazine. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it was a, uh, it was difficult. You know what I'm saying? Because I wanted to go to a big university, and I was getting offers, but I wouldn't, I couldn't. Well, I ain't really did shit in school when I was in school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, I kind of like just breezed my way through school until one day my coach sat me down in high school. He was like, "Hey, man, you know that you're gonna have an opportunity to play in college." You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man. You know what I'm saying? You really think about it, but you ain't really thinking about it like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I'm a junior now. So I breezed through my junior season. I've started getting recruited. Like, to this day, like, the coach from LSU, he ended up being a wide receiver coach for the Dallas Cowboys and everything. Man, he came down there. I remember his name, Sterling. He came down there every day. To, I mean, like, every weekend in South Carolina. I was like, I want you to come to LSU. I want you to come. To you just got to concentrate on passing the SAT. You got to concentrate on passing the SAT. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. Not knowing, like, it was, I ain't know it was that hard, but when they went through my grades and stuff like that, because I made C's, you know, B's, mm -hmm. but in all my core classes, it was just C's, you know what I'm saying, because right. I was just getting through. So now they was like, hey, man, you got to make it like an 8, you got to make it like a 960 on the SAT. I'm like, why? I got to make a 960. Everybody else got to make an 820. Well, everybody else got B's and A's. <laughs> so the GPA so, caught so up with you. The GPA caught up with me. And at that moment, you know what I'm saying, I ain't I ain't, I ain't, know it was going to be like that for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm going on visits to, like, NC State, South Carolina. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, like, having a good time. I'm like, I'm going to sign with one of these guys. But then what ended up happening is I couldn't pass the test. Like, I'm taking it. I might have took this test, like, literally 15 times, yo. And like my mama spending money, she ain't even got taking us into debt. I'm getting all these. And it was expensive. It was, it was expensive. Yeah. But my coach, 
from um, high school, he went to Clemson, and Clemson had an O-line coach, uh, Coach Vander Hayden, and he was at UAB at the time. And uh, Coach sent him my tape. He was like, hey, man, listen, if everything don't fall through for this guy, listen, we going to send him to you. So he looks at the tape, was like, I want him now. Can you sign him tomorrow? <laughs> so I ended up going to UAB on a visit. And uh, they locked you in. Just, just, just going in, hanging out. They rolled out the Hay- red carpet uh-huh. for you. Huh? Yeah, and uh-huh. Coach Van was like, we really, really want you. Don't worry. If you don't pass the test, you can always come here. Because back in the day, they used to do Prop 48. Right. Props, yep. yep. So you could yep. just go to school. First year, it was yep. like a red shirt. Red yeah, you shirt, just work yeah. on your yeah. grades yeah. and stuff like that. So I just started. I was like, okay. So what I did was I kept taking the test. And I was. I told UAB I was coming. But in all actuality, I didn't want to go. But I was hoping I passed the test before Leverage. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping I passed the test before signing day so that I could uh so I could go to the university I wanted to go to, which was NC State. But um I ended up not passing, you know, so signing day went by and then I ended up passing the test like late July, actually. And um that's when my mom was, she started calling back all the universities like, hey, he eligible now. And they was like, well, we already gave all the scholarships away. Mm. We could wait till next year or he can go to JUCO. And I'm like, I ain't going to JUCO. Juco. I ain't digging that route. I know. That JUCO so, was a hard route, yeah. man. So uh, we called Coach Vandy. He was like, yep, we still got your scholarship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boom. Boom. So I went to UAB. Nice, so nice. you went to UAB. Drag chip. Yeah. Did your thing. First round pick of the Falcons. What was that I've made it moment? I mean, for me, uh, you got the rookie hazings and everything. You know, you got the the vets. They either going to embrace you or they feel like, you know what? Now nah, we got this first round pick in here. He got some money, so we're going to make him spend that $10,000 for the rookie dinner. What was that I made it to the league moment for you? The actually made it to the league moment was before I even got there, yo. When I got drafted, bro, we had a barbecue in my front yard. Like, we, like, we used to live in a trailer back then. So we got a barbecue on the block. Not that double wide, though. Yes, the double wide jump. We had, you know what I'm saying? We had what, a little block. We had a little block party. Everybody in the hood was there. What, like what, what food did y'all have at the block party? Man, though? we had everything: ribs, greens, chicken, <laughs> hamburgers. Man, man, we had everything. That's that Southern man. cookout, baby. Man, they don't know about that, that South like that. About three, four in the morning, we had. We, Listen, we had so much free liquor. I ain't even know how they even got it. I don't even know who paid for it. But it was in there. And, uh, man, I was just chilling, man. And then, as a matter of fact, on draft day, I was like, man, I ain't going to get picked till after 10, somewhere around there. So I was like, man, I'm just going to leave. So I went down to my to my baseball coach house, just sat there for the first 10 picks, just just chilling, just talking to him about it. And um, I left there went back home. And uh, I started getting calls. Baltimore called me. Dallas called me. Uh, Philly called me. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, what's up, though? Y'all going to draft me? Like, like, They called me, yeah, man, we going to see if we get any trades, blah, blah, blah. And then they started picking guys before me, like five wideouts went before me. I was just pissed at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody always say, like, you supposed to be happy when you get drafted. You don't be happy when you when you see people going up the board before you. Why though? Why though? Because like people are like, why are you mad? Because because I felt the same way. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was fortunate enough to go at thirteen, but I still I was like, man, this guy's a bum. Yeah, like 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 you be mad because you know guys ain't gonna be as good as you right, in the league. Right. So I was kind of upset. So 
But I knew the Falcons were picking me because they was just telling me. They was like, yo, if we get to pick 27, you there, we we taking you. Wow. So, so you I, already kind of knew yeah, that coming I already in. knew they was taking me. They was like, listen, we taking you. Regardless of the situation, we taking you at 27 if you there. So when pick 27 came, he was like, uh, he was like, we taking it. And they picked me, and I was like, that was the best phone call I ever had. You know, Coach Moore called me on the phone. He said, hey, man, what you doing? I said, man, I'm chilling. He said, all right, well, you about to be a Falcon. He hung up the phone. Nice, <laughs> nice. And then the pick came in. And then the pick came in, and I was like, and I just remind, I just, just looking at my mom, and she just crying, man. Yeah. And that shit was like, my whole face just started. I just turned into, I was like, damn, we made it. We finally made it. We made it. But let me ask you this, though. Now you fast forward. Like, when you walk into the locker room, we all remember the first time you see the helmet. The oh, yeah. first time you see the helmet with the logo on it in training camp. And how good did you know? All right, let me put this out there. In December, you, your name, your family, you will be going up inside of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium Ring of Honor. Yeah. yeah. Like that's one of the highest accomplishments out of all of the Falcons that played. Every year from the existence. Yeah. Going back, I want I want to say maybe night late nineteen sixties. Yeah. They got we got about fifty years on the yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So like you one of the best ever, bruh. Yeah, so man. when we talk about that draft day and you crying, did you even know I that did. this day was coming? Like, did you even have into fruition? Like, man, this like I have this type of potential? No, at all. Because the start was so rough. Like, like I came out the gate and like year one, I did all right. You know, as rookies, you got bumps in the road. Year two, and it was like they was like, "Hey, Roddy, coming to a second year, we gonna put him out there. You gotta just go." You know what I'm saying? And like, it was like a shock for me because I ain't really been tutored or mentored by anybody. And then when I got into the locker room, man, I used to get so much disputes. And so many like arguments with people in the wide receiver room and around the building, mm-hmm. because I mean I just had a young mentality, you know what I'm saying? When you young, you wanna you wanna you wanna you wanna grab everything on the plate and you wanna eat it all, right? But I wasn't ready to eat it all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know when you sit in front of the food, you would take with your mama and then she'd be like, hey. You you can take out your old food and then you get to that level where you think you can put all that food in and you start eating and you realize you can't eat all this. And she looking at you like, you better, you better eat that, Exactly. So that's how I was. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready, but I thought I was. So, you know, it was just my second year was just awful. Like like bad. Like I was dropping balls. You know what I'm saying? Going through a lot. Had some family issues too that was off the field. And um it was just, it was just, nothing went right for me that year. You know what I'm saying? And it went so bad, like, the very next year, like, I'm going to the Falcon facility, you know. And at that point, we got, like, codes to get in the building. Mm-hmm. So I go up there and I put in my code. My, my joint don't work. <laughs> this like, is my rookie code, year. No. Second my, year. My, my, my second year. Yeah. Second yeah, year. Like, like, no, that's after my second year. This is going into my third year. Yeah. Before I even start making plays. My code don't work. So I'm like, you I call my agent. <laughs> I call my agent. You know what I'm saying? I ain't even going to building nothing. What you call your Man, agent for? I was like, yo, they cut me. Because <laughs> I'm finna go back to the crib. He like, man, what you talking about, yo? I said, man, I ain't know, man. You know what I'm saying? 
I said, my code don't work. So he was like, all right, I'm finna call him. So I got on the phone. They was like, nah, nah, you just can't press zero no more. So we got to start with another number. Oh, so I man. got back in the building. And then, man, to tell you the truth, I met Coach Petrino. And then Coach Petrino got there. He was like, yo, we throwing every ball to you. We don't care. Like, I used to watch you at UAB because he was at Louisville at the time I was at UAB, ah. so we was in the same conference. Mm-hmm. He was like, I watch you at UAB. I know you could ball. He was like, I just need you to do what what, what, what I tell you to do. Just just do it, and you will make a lot of plays. And then, man, I took off from them. Like, yeah. boom, started making Pro Bowls. All that stuff started happening, man. And then life just changed. Yeah, you talk about taking off, man. You I think you went like five consecutive years, over 1,000 yards, and uh, – Talked about the decorated career, most receiving touchdowns in Falcons history, most receptions in Falcons history, most Boom. career starts as a wide Boom. receiver, most career receptions in a playoff game, Boom. most receiving yards in a half, Boom. the most decorated receiver in Falcons history. Boom. But check it. It always comes that time in your life where, you know what, as a veteran, they don't value you as much as, as no, they, you know, don't. they used to. But see that always that, that that's always been my my thing. Like when I came into the league, I always told myself because I felt like I was I wasn't being treated fairly. Yeah. Like the vets that was in my room wasn't like me. Like like what I did was pass on all my information to my guys mm. when I was the leader. Because I told myself I'm not gonna let them. I understand like as a man you got to pay bills. So mm-hmm. it ain't your responsibility to get the next person ready to take your job. Right. You know what I'm saying. But at the same time, like, like they ain't helped me at all. You know what I'm saying? It was more like they Crabs. were kind of laughing at me and, and, like, watching me make mistakes. And it was cool because they know as long as I did that, they was going to have they a job. job. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. So I told myself, I was like, man, you know what? When I when it's my turn to lead, I ain't never going to be that guy. So when I, when I started leading and I started making plays, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get up and come to work each and every day regardless of the situation. I'm a, you know what I'm saying? I've already made it. You know what I'm saying? I've 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 had contracts on top of contracts. I say, but I'ma pass everything that I got onto everybody in the room to make sure we at our best, cause that I feel like that's the only way we can win as a team. Yeah. If everybody is at their best, then we got an opportunity to win. But if you watching this guy screw stuff up, it's only gonna come back on the team. It yeah. ain't gonna hurt him. He run the wrong route and exactly. Matt throwing interception. That's on me for not letting him know, you know what I'm saying, where he need to be at and stuff like that. So I just passed all my knowledge to all my guys from who to um, Terry to, you know what I'm saying, to James who was there, James. I mean, everybody, man. Like, B-Fan. Yeah, B-Fan. Like, everybody. I mean, they got the best of me. I just gave out everything, <clears throat> all my information. Because, like, the best thing that happened, when we even got Devin Hester and stuff like that, and his ability to make plays, I took plays off, like, out the game. I was like, no, Dave, you go run that. You know what I'm saying? And do stuff like that. And, you know, we were successful. We kept winning, man, because that was the that was the attitude and that was the mental of the, of, of my makeup of just saying, I got to make these guys the best players they could be. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just going to come over. I know what I could do, so I'm going to go out there when it's my time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do me. Very you know noble saying? of you. And you yeah. talk about being able to give back to the guys that come after you. Uh, I've always watched that big-time long Falcons fan. If, if anybody, I'm, I'm a Falcons fan and a Buffalo fan just from, 
from what we it's were crazy, fed though. I'm a B- Buffalo Bills fan, though. Probably right. because they showed them on TV in the that's South it. all the time. That's I'm it. telling you. <laughs> Listen, that's that's the truth, man. Buffalo came on 1 o'clock every Sunday, dog. <laughs> every nah. Sunday, bro. Every Sunday. You ain't had no choice. You know what I'm saying? Two, I know you can't yeah, relate. You York. from New yeah, York, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You from New York, man. Y'all watching Jackson Giants. Yeah, Jess Giants. Bro, there's no lie. Every Sunday, Buffalo was playing. That's what's up, yeah. Every Sunday. Jim Kelly. Darren Thomas. Andre Reed. Biscuits. Man, every Sunday. Go ahead, sir. No, no, I I wanted to ask you this, though. It's like, I just really forgot what the hell I was about to say. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just joking. I know you was laughing. I just wanted you to laugh anyway. No, but I wanted to know, like, you passing it on. And you talked about giving it to who? So many years, you're the face. You're one of the faces of the Atlanta Falcons. And they come up and they draft Julio Jones. Uh, take us inside of your mind thought, very unselfish, but he is the next coming because, listen, as much as we want to know, like, listen, I dominate this game and can't nobody stop me, but Father Time is undefeated. Oh, so, yeah. like, how do you how, take us through that process of knowing I got a young pup coming in, how can I help raise him or choose not to raise him? Yeah, but that's what, that was my whole thing. I was like, when, I, when we first drafted Julio, I was like, everybody was like, Man, he come to take Roddy's spot. I'm like, man, listen, this football, y'all do know like two wide receivers on the field at all times. <laughs> Thank right? you. Like, 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 what are y'all talking about? And I'm like, well, everybody was like, you, you, you know, this gonna happen, this gonna happen, this gonna happen. I'm like, I'm not concerned. I said, y'all must not watch football. Y'all don't watch the Colts. They got Marvin Harrison. Yeah. They got Reggie, Reggie. Wayne. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You watch, you watch the Rams back in the day. They had Tory Holt. Isaac, Isaac Bruce, Bruce yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I'm, I'm watching, you know what I'm saying? I'm watching football, so I understand, you know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna come a time where it's his time to be the man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But at this point, it's my time to show him how to be the man. Yeah, yeah to groom him to be the man, you and not even feel intimidated about what you at can all. offer. You know what I'm saying? I always tell people, I say, before Julio got there, I used to go through season, bro. Is the hardest. 13, 1,400 yards I ever catch for in my life. I said, y'all ever know how it is for somebody to game plan for you each and every week and you got to beat double teams and all this every week? And you're the only 16 one. 16 games? Outside of Crump. You know what I'm saying? I said, man, when he got there, man, life was so easy on the other <laughs> side. <laughs> it's the easiest 1,300 yards I ever caught. I tell you that all the time. Did I catch like 100 balls? No, but I caught 90. You know what I'm saying? And the same results was happening, you know, double-digit touchdowns and 1,300 yards. I was like, I'm having a good season. He succeeded. I'm succeeding. We both succeeding. You know, it was it was, it was was good. It, it was good. It is, that's a selfless attitude. This new NFL, though, I mean, the receivers, are, uh, they, they want trades. They want the ball, you know, from that old Keyshawn Johnson era. Give me the damn ball. You not like that. No. Nah. This new NFL, these guys, they want the ball or they want to trade it. They want out. So, you know what I mean? What? what what do you think about that? How, is this this just a different generation? Like, it's what? it's different because everybody want to be, they want to have a brand. They want to. It ain't about like the environment no more. It used to be about, all right, you got to build yourself into being somebody, and then people understand who you are as a football player. Now it's all about your brand and what you could create for yourself. Mm. So everybody trying to create that environment on whatever team it is. They don't care if they go wherever. They could be, the team could be awful. Just get me here so I can catch the most balls, 
so everybody could know who I am so I could put my brand out there. But it, it was never that for me because I ain't care about none of that. I was trying to win a Super Bowl. Damn right. You know what that's saying? when you become legendary. Exactly. I mean, don't nobody care if you, you catch for 1,000 yards for 10 straight years and you ain't won nothing because they don't, they don't pay attention to that. You know what I'm saying? You got to win something for everybody to be on board with you. And that was my whole goal at the end of the day. I was like, Roddy, why you play this game? You know what I'm saying? Especially after year eight. I'm like, why you playing this game? Only to win because you got money. You know what I'm saying? Your family and everything straight. You know what I'm saying? Everything going good. You healthy. What else is it to do but win? So whatever it was going to take me to win, that's what I'm willing to do. All right, so listen, man. I, I it This is the part to where I want to let everybody know because people always ask when you retire, what are you doing now? Like, what's going on now? I know you went into, um, we look at it as the cannabis industry. Yeah. In particular with the CBD in your line. What is your line that, you're, um, that you've established and, and, and tell us more? Like, what, what can, how can we support you? <laughs> it's called uh, Lifeline. Uh, you can go to lifeline slash cbd.com. I mean, we got everything. We've been doing it for about three years now. Uh, me and my other three business partners started off our venture into like grow houses out there in Colorado. So we established that and then we just jumped into the CBD world because it was a lot more profitable. You know, it's, 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 it's wildfire right now. Yeah. You know, it's everywhere. And um, it takes all the THC out of the, the marijuana. So it's, you literally going through a phase from bringing it from cannabis to literally pushing it through machines to where you get it to an oil. Mm-hmm. To where you separate the THC from CBD, which is all natural, and um, it helps you in every department: pain, you know, well-being, kind of calms you down, nerves and things like that. So, it's like the new wave. Instead of taking, you know, what I'm saying pain medications and pain pills and stuff right. like that, it's a more natural, more relaxed feeling, and it <laughs> it don't get you high. You know, a lot of people like that's disappointing yeah. to a lot of people. <laughs> I know, that. I know. That's what I'm saying. A lot of people like, yo, I don't want that. You know what I, mean? I say, but it's gonna make you feel remarkable. You know, that's the difference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't get that high feeling with it, but you but feel it, remarkable. You, you, you just feel better. Yeah. You know when you when you take it. So, I mean, since I retired, you know, I take it. You know, especially when I get these aches and pains playing in these youth basketball. Tournaments and stuff like that in my hair, and these church leads trying to act like I'm MJ, <laughs> <laughs> shooting fadeaways. But uh, you know what I'm saying, especially you know for us, played you know ten plus years or been in the league for a minute. You know what I'm saying, you gonna need this to get you through sometimes. <laughs> so you know from time to time, especially man, when I go on vacation, I leave my bed and I gotta sleep in these hotel beds and stuff like that. I gotta bring that thing with me because if I don't, you talking about it's 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 rough days ahead of me. But we got everything from gummies to bath bombs to um, bath to bombs, blunts, yeah, to, bu- to blunts, everything, man. We got everything online. Everything. So, I, 
Listen, listen. This is this is right <laughs> on my alley right now, and and if everybody, and you tell it, tell every, the truth for everybody watching. I'm I'm. This is not my normal posture. I'm slumped over because my back is on fire right now. And this, yeah. this is my. I should have bought you something. You man. should have, bro. This is this, this is my two cents. If I can get away from these these opioids because they're not working. These pain pills. You know, on the last podcast, spikes and I talked about it. The tea shots they gave us every oh, yeah. week before the game. The Toradol shots. The Toradol shots and how the, the lingering effect. Uh, happens when you get to your 40s and things start to happen. Oh, yeah. Man, my back is on fire right now. So so what's the difference between the, the CBD oil and, and, and Lifeline and, and, you know, this stuff that I used to take that clearly ain't working? Well, <laughs> well the difference between a med, taking a medication and taking something that's natural, that's from the earth that God invented us to take, you know what I'm saying? It's like when we take oils, they put everything in it just to manage you through processes of games and stuff like that. Uh. But it don't do nothing to help your body rebuild and recover and things like that. At the end of the day, it's just a management so you can get through that point. Yeah. Like you know a masking agent. Huh? Exactly. But with CBD, it's doing a lot more for you naturally and building up your immune system and building up, you know what I'm saying, the things that you need in your body to, to process and make your body feel like so much better. You know what I'm saying? Because of all the natural elements that come with it. So that's what we going into. That's what we kind of dipping into. And um, it's been working. It's been working for me because, man, my back been jacked up just like yours. And I just go in there and take a few drips or, you know what I'm saying, or I pop up a couple of them gummies and I'm good to go. <laughs> what? I'm on it. Good to go, Hey, man. so... I'm on it. <laughs> I, you need to be on it. It's a damn shame you coming in hey, here. Man, look, you wouldn't even smile at me today. We go... Right, how, how bad was yeah, he looking? Oh, right! He brought out the cane! This was a Halloween costume outfit years ago and I'm Listen, actually... I have to use When I walked in the building and I seen the cane, I was like, <laughs> he hadn't been in a car wreck. Oh, oh, <laughs> He was like, no, my oh, bag just jacked up. Jacked up man. <laughs> oh, I ain't never been like that, but I've been close to that. Bro, listen. There it been a, times I couldn't it, get up out of that and, bed and, and either. The, I used to laugh at Tequila and our boy Carlos. I, mean, I, I used to laugh it, at them because I'm younger than them. So when they would talk, oh, I can't hang out my back, my back. I used to laugh. <laughs> and I was hitting me and I'm like, damn me crying. Like, I don't know if I'm making it. <laughs> nah, yeah, man, bro. but. I, I guess, how can we get your product? How can we find it? Uh, definitely, we want to do everything we can because we support each other. Absolutely. We're not them crabs Absolutely, in the basket. You can't. Like you damn said, exactly, the guys man. treated you when you were drafted. How can we support you? Man, just go to uh, lifeline.cbd.com. Pick up your everyday needs from blunts to uh, bad bombs. We got vapes. You know, you don't even have to take it. You can pour the vape into the little vaporizer. Yeah. And just let it flow throughout the Ah, room. like the, like yeah. the humid, it turns like into like a humidifier? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So you don't even have to take it. You could just put it in there and just let it flow through the room. And it can hit you that way. We got all kind of flavors, strawberry, watermelon, mint, anything you want. Damn. So, yeah, we got it for you. I don't eat watermelon. I don't like water. I, I, don't, whatever, I, don't, whatever, I don't like the negative connotation oh, that comes behind watermelon. <laughs> listen, but this man eat possum, raccoon. Man, listen, man. Listen. I used to eat raccoon. Listen. listen. <laughs> Sorry, the mom. Only, the only reason that, that Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce made watermelon famous. <laughs> Let her do her thing. <laughs> you well, know what I'm saying? Uh, Let her do her thing, man. He, he has a valid point. 
She opened up. And listen, man, it's a lot of people benefiting from that watermelon. Right? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people benefiting from that lemonade. Happy relationships. <laughs> and be doing it, you know they feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No doubt, man. <laughs> Roddy, man, it's been a, it's been a blessing, man. Thank you for joining. Appreciate y'all having me on, man. Podcast. Anytime you around in the city, you got some free time. I know you do a lot in the community, philanthropically. Yeah, uh, man. Still helping out the Falcons quite a bit. So, anytime you you. Yeah, man. I mean, we'd love to have you on. Yeah, definitely, man. You know, being in Atlanta, man, like like Spike said, man, we gotta look out for each other and just continue to help this place grow. I mean, Atlanta is magical for me because. You know, I've never seen so many people in power that's our color, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, right on. And um, doing movements and, you know, got so much good business and business qualities and smart intellectual people to work with, you know, in such a such a big city. You know, and um, that's, 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 that's real good for me. I mean, I feel really special about that, being a part of it. You know, and um, just watching that, you know, the city grow, you know, it's just it's just been spectacular these last 14, 15 years that I've been here just to watch the flow of things and see how things are moving and stuff like that. So we got to continue to just work with each other, man, help each other out, man. Absolutely. You know, pick another one or pick your brother up. That's Absolutely. it, man. Or pick your sister up, man, and just, you know, just keep grinding, man, and um, keep changing things and, you know, things will be better for us. That's out. Listen, sure. you gotta promise us one thing. We need some product. product. Oh, oh, that's good. Pro- no, product. I, listen, because this I'm young man him. is terrible. Listen, I'm bringing him. I, next time I come down, I'm bringing it myself, bro. I'll I meet you. I can't have you. I can't have you walking. I, I ain't never see you like this. Yeah, I can't bro, have you this ain't me, yo. This, this ain't me. This your favorite plus size model. Hey, hurt, right? man, I plus size model is down. Man down, man down, man. Hey. It don't look like you're going to be out of the house for a couple listen, days. I know I, it. Listen, I ain't going nowhere, bro. As bad. soon as I get that package, I'll be right back. Oh, you got you getting that package. you getting <laughs> for that. Sure, for sure. All right, man. Listen, we ain't going to take too, more, too much more of your time, man. Grateful to have you on. Uh, congratulations again on the Ring of Honor. Appreciate it, man. In December, I think you guys are playing Carolina on a Sunday night football yeah. game, primetime yeah, game. Yeah, I hope it's still primetime. Yeah, I hope it's still primetime because they flex they the schedule. Yeah, they flex the schedule. They might change us depending on how good Carolina is because I think we're going to be all right. Damn yeah, right. There it is. Yeah, I, I need Cam to win a couple games. <laughs> <laughs> So they'll move us at one o'clock. Then I gotta, I gotta switch up. Yeah, you know, you got the like whole up there early. Bro, <laughs> got the whole family coming in town. So I mean, everybody excited, man. You know, it's gonna be a special moment for us. You know, because nobody could ever take that away from Absolutely. us. No matter, you know, how long this organization is gonna be around. You know, my name will be right around there with it, so my Absolutely. kids can always see it. You know, I want to be the old man in the chin, like granddaddy, like going to the Falcon game. Yeah. Got my grandson next to me. He like, granddad, what's happening? And I'd be like, you see that right there? That's you right. see that white right there? You thought I was talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. <laughs> That's me out there. You got you got work on you one there. Yeah. <laughs> right on, so, man. But yeah, man, that's what it's all about, you know. Right on, Love, man. loyalty, respect, and you know what I'm saying? Always be there for your family and people that care about you. And we are out from behind the mask. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.